0: that's so, not point of me is that meant to be point of me
1: yeah it's not
0: it is it is, is it yeah
1: Why it's end. got Why me as well, well.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah okay yeah. fair enough
2: look
1: at the beast we got yeah. the AC okay. it's my big head <laughs> <laughs> my sweet <laughs> get this in the ego it's the ego <laughs> Call me Swellsy. That's what they used to call me Swellsy at the gym. I
0: can't well, believe I've just seen know, that on know, camera. Right Today we've had really interesting conversation, and we've had our first guest on the podcast. So Ben Roberts has joined us from Kofax, and he's been giving his insight into the world of disruption. And we talked about the businesses that we most admire when it comes to disruption. We've talked about how Netflix have changed the entertainment game. We have talked about how, how do you beat Amazon who just absolutely dominate that kind of retail market? And we talked about how Lego has turned itself into a leading digital business and how, how they've done that. On that note, I'll leave you to tomorrow's workplace today.
1: For people that don't know you, yeah, tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about who you are and, and yeah, what business you're looking you for. You can... and, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll
2: chat away. My name's Ben. Um, I work for Kofax, which is uh, a leader in capture and automation, essentially. So um, I've been in the solutions game for nearly 10 years now. I think I've known yeah, you yeah. for almost 10, 10 years. Time, yeah. and know I don't look old enough yet, <laughs> Yeah, yeah still trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being associated to really what traditionally was the kind of print market, I've always been solutions focused and seeing the benefit that solutions can offer individuals and organizations um, across a broad range of different propositions. Um, and at Cofax, that's what we, we're, we're trying to do. We're trying to innovate and give people a new way of looking at things, being disruptive in the way that we do things, making people more productive, more efficient, more effective in whatever they're trying to do or achieve. Especially when you look at what we've been through the last two years, you know, everybody's made a shift and we have to get on that wave right because if we don't you know we're going to fall by the side you know you were mentioning Blackberry's now perished Nokia is a thing of the past you know if you don't start innovating and leading that's where you know
1: you'll always is, obviously a global business isn't it it's very very large and acquisitive Mm -hmm. Because your section of the business, am I right,
2: and saying was acquired from Canon? Was that right? Uh, or, not not or, Canon. Yeah. So, um, typically it was the Nuance business. That's uh, right. Forgive me, Nuance. I one. sit in the print automation team, which focuses That's on right. driving automation from the hardware device. You know, which is that kind of shiny, shiny mm-hmm. thing you see in the corner of the office, which is a necessary evil. You generally need them to do something, but how do you make them almost like a powerhouse? How do you start to? You know, bring them into the automation. It's difficult age.
1: to have a business isn't in an office space and or even a home office without some sort of print device. That because it's yeah. yeah, paper still as a medium to transfer information and move out. I mean, again, I'm still receiving post. I'm still printing things out and having to scan it back in again and bits and pieces. But you're right. It's like what else can you get it to do? Yeah. And and I think sometimes people. They don't know, and it's our, our jobs to educate them on yeah what well, how can we take little steps out of it, make it easy, integrate it with other other systems. Because yeah, people because of the companies that we've spoken to, people expect technology to be easy, mm-hmm. but they also know that if they have been in a job and they try to use some clunky rps or different systems, they know through ironically the business experience of their lives, which again it takes up majority of most people's working like week if you like or life. Forty hours a week is a long time. If they're dealing with technology that is clunky and it don't, they don't particularly like it. They go home, and the irony is they've got the best, like hardware. They've got the best right. apps on it. That they, they, I don't know. They've got um, Alexa and stuff at their beck and call. So they've got AI where they can ask certain questions. come to the office, and yeah, their notepad and pen and, and and it's a generational thing, though, isn't I it? I think so.
3: Yeah, you know my my generation and athletes you know that in our sell you know solutions it, it's about the um've I've always done it like this and and so going back to what you were saying ben it, it's absolutely you' not necessarily got a, a short amount of time to convince someone but going making that device or the technology within that device appealing that it's going to make their lives easier mm. you have to kind of be able to do it quite quickly because it's like, well, I'll just use it to print things. I use it to copy things or scan things. And it's actually, you know, some of the, you know, the, the software that can you know, reside within the device that can make life so much easier that would, you know, maybe a scanning, you know, example that, you know, take blank sheets out, can do this, can do that and make your life so much easier. And people just kind of like look at the, you know, and sometimes not at work, but at home, I can be guilty of just doing, you know, on my TV could probably make me a cup of tea, yeah. probably, yeah. but I wouldn't know how to do it because like I'm just to turn the kettles. S- yeah, exactly. <laughs> those sorts of things, and yeah. and I think, it, but without, we was, we we use kids huh? a lot in this in this pod. Yeah, Probably when they get to our our time of life, they're not really gonna probably by then they're not really gonna probably rely on paper. Well, if you think about their tech,
1: like their they'll have maybe a, a laptop or an iPad. They'll have an like a, a smart device. They'll have some sort of headphones with speakers on. And that's it, a backpack. And they can work from anywhere. Do you know what I mean? They can do their own podcast. Yeah. They can they can go on Teams and Zoom and have meetings, that, especially if they're in a, in a creative way. But even if they're doing any job, any so as long as you've got maybe some headphones yeah. that, that you can talk to people, Whether you've got a microphone, they can literally be anywhere.
2: I feel like that myself in my role now. So I've been home-based for... I don't know, five, six years, I think. Wow. But I feel like I could work anywhere, especially through the thick of the pandemic, even in the last quarter, you know, um, had a successful quarter. And I haven't been out that much. This is probably one of my first partner visits, in mm-hmm. fact. Um, and it, it just shows, you know, do I need to be strapped to, to my house? Could I be in Portugal? You know, yeah, or, you or
0: don't, something don't like, don't that. Ideas, <laughs> <laughs> like
2: that. ideas. You can't what beat the it? office environment. Don't take that away. Yeah. You know, when I came in today, I was uh, hoping to see the place buzzing and you definitely got that going on down here. Everybody's friendly. You miss those, just...
0: Uh... I think it's getting the balance because I, I love getting in the room. I love getting in front of a whiteboard, as you guys know, and sketching stuff out. Mm. I think you need a bit of that. But I also agree, I think people can be very productive working, working at home, working remotely and kind of bring the best... Both together.
3: So, just breaking into this uh, disruptive conversation, just want to tell you a little bit about how uh, Spectrum Digital can help you be disruptive in your sector. So, anything to do with finance, be it sales, operations, HR, anything where you've got mundane manual tasks will help you be way more efficient and be way more disruptive than some of your competitors. Now, back to
0: the conversation. Neil, when I say disruption, What comes to mind to you from a business perspective? The first one that comes to mind for me is Netflix. Um,
1: I think that massively shook up that industry. But again, wasn't an overnight success because it first started just delivering DVDs to the home. And if you read or watch the guy's background, I watched a very short video on, on how he went about it. He was using data all the time to back up his decisions and obviously then had to yeah, put money where his mouth is and go for it. But, again, been a, been a customer of the likes of blockbusters and whatnot. I remember... You're showing your age now. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I really am. I remember having to go and then like rent a DVD or whatever, or a, a video, a cassette, whatever it was before. But yeah, the uh, that it was interesting that the technology got to a point that the infrastructure could back up the delivery of the mechanism as in yeah. smart TVs and and iPads and all this type of stuff so the consumer went to this instant on demand as opposed to like it was a bit of an experience getting in your car going to the the, the blockbuster store I guess and then picking up whatever the latest movie was and then obviously buying the, the second yeah. you sale, buying the popcorn and everything else yeah. yeah. used to rinse me every time I used to forget it. and there was like an Iceland or something next door at Asda and I could have just gone there and <laughs> got it cheaper but I didn't pick a mix and all the rest of it and 20 quid lighter and walk out but the now that you can pay it on subscription on a monthly,
0: and I did have that Love Film stroke Netflix series yeah, where it kind of evolved, it was, didn't it? Love it, Film yeah. came in and uh, that was what by postal, is that right? And yeah, then it was, was all. It, yeah, yeah. You pay
1: a subscription, and you get maybe one or two movies a month, and and again, it was based on. But originally, mm. I remember it not having that very, not very good titles. It was all a bit, yeah, mm. a bit rubbish. So it took a while for them to obviously generate enough money to to get the latest releases and the bigger titles. What but, Netflix? Yeah um and to be fair love film but the the um the thing for me there is they were using data all the time they were looking at people's viewing habits They were seeing how long people were and then they realized the whole binge watching thing where you could do series but the key for them a bit like any technology earning the intellectual property so what did they do they brought out their yeah. own movies their own mm-hmm. tv series yeah. they got the stars on board and and now they're
0: absolutely massive. <laughs> it's just yeah. yeah, it's completely taken over. And how do you see that evolving then? How do you see Netflix? You've already said they've evolved into their own production uh, company already, haven't they? But how do you see that continue over the next sort of five, ten years? I think
1: the irony is I, I sort of looked at some of the stats, and, and Disney are actually accelerating uh, mm. very, very quickly. So they're catching them from a subscriber, and I think because Disney have got. Um, They've got the assets there. They've got the characters. They've got the legacy. They've got so much. Um, their subscriber base for the same money per month type scenario. And, and Netflix obviously was the first to market and obviously got that match and got the majority share. But yeah, Disney's coming up coming up behind them pretty quickly. So it's, yeah, I'd be intrigued to see how they do pivot, whether they bring out other things. But so
3: they're going to move into sport and other forms of entertainment, aren't they? You're already here now of... Going away from Netflix, but you know, Dayzan or Dazone, sorry, Dayzan, Dazone, and and Netflix and Disney and things like that well, Amazon and, did the spots. yeah, Amazon and Amazon, and, and and they're all going to be competing for you know the, the yeah, Premier, Premier League rights and things like that. And that'll be intriguing. Where yeah. Sky have kind of had it under control. You know, we're looking at just disruptors. There's four or five, you know, maybe even half a dozen players that are going to go into that area, and ultimately, it's going to be a bit like Amazon for goods. And they're now moving into food and things like that. The likes of DAZN and Netflix, et cetera, are going to be about all your entertainment needs, be it sport, be it music, be it film, TV programs, hmm. all of those. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said it, it just for convenience. You know, it, now, you know, being able to go, right, I, I need, I'm need i going on holiday in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to order all of it and I don't have to go anywhere. Rather than have to go into town. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, said to my son, right, you know, what, what do you need when we go away? All oh, right, I'm just going to start downloading things, and so that's me entertain. Well, him entertain, which means I'm now free to be entertained myself rather than.
0: Mm. Entertaining. It's, a good, it's a good example with Disney actually because you got you got a legacy business there and you've been around for yeah. decades, if not longer. So, and they've they've jumped on the bandwagon, kind of fast follower, I guess, and actually they've modernized their business quite quickly. After. Yeah, they
1: obviously had the license model where they were selling the rights to the different films and movies that people could show on their platforms and then yeah. all of a sudden they were thinking hang on we could do our own here and then they obviously invested a hell of a lot in that and went for it and their collaboration if you think about they're very clever in terms of who they collaborate with so like Alexa, samsung and iphone so you buy I don't know, buy a new mobile phone you get disney for three or yeah. four months or whatever yeah. get people into it get them liking it and then obviously the subscription model then kicks in and all that type of stuff. So the product placement's very good. But um but yeah, and they're all trying to model each other to a certain degree. Lego, again, I think they've, the whole digital transformation piece, they've again taken something that's very traditional um, in, in physical uh, building, but then the movies and then the interactive games. My, my son's on his iPad and he's playing his Duplo game and all this type of stuff at the age of three. So he knows he's he's got associations with that brand early he does. And uh and, and the movies are quite comedy, so it, it's a lot of it—it's one of it's a bit like Simpsons sometimes where it goes above the head of the child. Yeah, and it, so again, we all grew up with Lego as well. So it's kind of like it's aiming at two different audiences at the same time, really, um, which is
0: clever. But it's a good—it's again, good example legacy business that's been through that digital transformation and come outside a digital first business, I guess. Ben, are you uh, young kids using? Are they playing with Lego? Were they watching Lego online?
2: Uh, absolutely. We've been on the Lego train for yeah. many, many years. Duplo all mm. the way through to Lego. Um, we're now into the Super Mario Lego. In fact, my, oh, my, my who's seven, which is an, an interesting concept of bringing technology into the hands-on experience of building Lego. So mm. I don't know if you've seen it, but essentially you build your models um, and you buy different uh, Mario sets and you connect them all up together and you link the Mario and Luigi via an app, and then you oh. move the character around the buildings you've just created, and you collect coins mm. like you do in the kind of Mario in, game. Yeah, in the games. So it's now bringing app-based technology into the hands-on building experience. Do you know what? We were huge fans. It cost a few hundred quid, right, yeah, uh, yeah. over Christmas. But I spent probably 10 hours building that with my son, and then he gets uh, repeatable enjoyment yeah. from playing it with um, you know, an old phone that I've
0: got. Yeah, yeah. So like it, convergence of software with physical and exactly. hardware and bringing the, the two things
2: together. I think as parents, like we always get a bit worried of, you know, our kids are spending too much time on screens or using apps or playing games or whatever. Mm. And I thought this is unique. Yeah, augment, yeah
1: like, that augmented back, reality. Yeah.
2: In, in, a, in a respectful way. I thought it was very, very clever.
1: And as well, I quite like the fact that you've got basically two massive brands interchangeable. So you've got Nintendo character using in a Lego world. And, and again, the very successful top tier. I mean, Nintendo did have to reinvent themselves, didn't they? Because it was very quickly losing out to to um, the likes of, of PlayStation and whatnot. But they picked their target audience very specifically and made the the salute of well, the games and, and entertainment for a particular, and again, they've kicked on again, aren't they, with the switch and other bits and pieces? Well,
2: my, my, yeah. my lads, after a switch, we we had to set a goal for him to get to purple reading in order to be able to buy him a switch, and it's actually like forced him to practice and get to that level. But every kid in the school wants, either has or uh, wants a huh. switch.
0: You
2: know, there's a huge market out there that I think Nintendo is starting to explore. This
0: to come, see mine <laughs> Too young slightly, <laughs> but I'm sure it's coming. Sure it's, oh, coming. it's just around the corner.
1: I'm going out the away. other end now. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky that I, I'm... I think my daughter's. she's coming up to seven, and she, she, the most she really does is kind of like the iPad, and she goes on maybe YouTube Kids and things like that, which, again, is an interesting way of consuming information because we've talked about Netflix and, and others, but she likes the, the ability to, I don't know why, but watching other kids talk about stuff, and mm. I don't fully yeah. understand it, but to the point where she's gone, I want my own channel. And I went, what? And she's like, I want Bella and Harry's show. And I'd be like, really? So I actually did it I, I, for a laugh. I, I took like, um, I think my son found an old webcam and, and he was like, what's this daddy? And he, he was on a tripod and he was like trying to do this and he was like, hello, YouTubers. And he's like three. And I was <laughs> just like, all right. And he's like, I'm thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see where this goes. So I just turned it on and recorded it. If anything, it could be a funny home movie just for family. But, but like, again, you see some of them, like this Ryan's world, and all that stuff. Ryan's toys. All he did was toy reviews at the beginning. He's now, he's worth fortune. 18
0: million, I think (coughs) his last generation
3: was. So, Oliver's 11, and he's into, well, so we've gone through, you know, Switch, still got Switch, still heavily played, but Minecraft, um, Fortnite, those sorts of things. And so, his world is basically, is Switch, his, lap, his iPad and his phone and he's consuming different things at the same time and there's his ones, well, one of the ones that he follows is Dan TDM. You were saying, Ben, he, he's on like, he talks unadulterated rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, on, he's just on another level where he's just keep talking to, you know, seven to 14 year olds probably, maybe the old, adult, I guess. He, he, last year it was like $28 million yeah. and he's got, Tens of
1: millions of followers, and, and he's talking rubbish. You think, oh, I'm not getting paid a penny for this, and I'm rubbish all the time. Well, thinking, think about the business model behind that, though. The kid's talking rubbish. He's got loads of people engaged, so he's uh, doing something yeah. to get this engagement. Yeah. And then advertisers and, and then product placement, if they want to be associated. Absolutely. Because before, I mean, again, it still happens now. If you think about um, the top brands in the world, they, they use association like... Um, emirana county she got another in brand endorsement by porsche or something and they were having a go at her because she's not won that many games (laughs) since since she she won the the us open and it's a bit like but that whole association thing oh she she, people are still hardwired to 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 know like and trust a brand with a person if they like that person they'll generally try and and again that's where all these celebrities get all these endorsements and you only have to look at ronaldo and Messi and the others that get paid apps. So they get more money probably from their endorsements than they do playing oh. football. What but you then think? if we rewind it back to, okay, so we're doing this to create content to get people's engagement. And, and even like, like uh, going back to what Graham said, what's the point, are, are anybody's gonna listen? And and you're right, I think coming back to the, like consistency. So these people on YouTube, they're doing it all the time, over yeah. and over. And, that's, and And then it's about, okay, so Do they know, like, and trust you? They they get a bit of an idea of who you are as a person. And and that's what this is about, I guess. People can listen to this to think, do we think, are they the type of people we'd like to do business with? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, if we position ourselves well and obviously come across, there'll be some people, like anybody, the the stats show, it's like a third of people never do business with you, a third of people will love you just because of the way you are, and a third of people are up for grabs and can be uh, sort of enticed Converted. or conveyed as such. And, and, and again, it's it's interesting how all of these worlds are, are pulled together because kids are now exposed to ultimately these people on YouTube. That's their business. They're getting paid mm-hmm. to do that. And, and kids are now thinking, well, well, I don't want to get a job. And we're talking about tomorrow's workplace today. And it's like, why? Well, don't it, it's disrupting. If you like our education yeah. system, because really they think, you know, don't want to be a lawyer or a policeman or a, or a solicitor or, or whatever. Do, or can I, I've just gone YouTube Dad, and there. Uh, and, and to be fair, our, um, I don't know if Ken will mind me saying this, but uh, yeah, the owner of this business, his son does it. He commentates on certain things and does it on YouTube yeah. and gets paid. And again, it's not
0: much, but again, it's all based on on volume, isn't it? So to say that is it's a massive theme, isn't it? Like creation at home on scale by the likes of me, you, or probably more our kids actually. Yeah. what but what is it? What makes people want to watch? You know, our I think kids it's being a, a, being a, a leader, tour? right? So.
2: If you're there playing at a game and you're very good at playing that game, naturally somebody is aspiring to, to mm. do that, wants to watch you. So for example, if you're a customer in a new market, you look at somebody or a case study that's recently adopted that technology mm. and you want to understand more from them to make it un- you know make yourself understand if it's worth while going on that journey. Yeah. So I feel like there's a bit of that going on. You know, my lad watches Minecraft videos, you know, and... Um, and now, in probably two years, I've watched him go from not knowing how to work the buttons mm. to building, like, these crazy maps. And I'm like, there's no way you can build that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, it took me two hours. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> okay. But I do think it's, it's almost like a, they're sponges and they're trying to soak up the content knowledge yeah. or whatever it is, like we are from watching or listening to a podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. We want to try and understand the topic to become more credible in it or something
3: I think it's also around the fact that actually when it's in a, a more informal arena, like four blokes having a chat or in their case, they're just in their leisure time and someone's in a fun way educating them, they're more likely to to, to take that information in rather than in a classroom environment where you're like, Do you know what, I'm switching off now. It's not really how I want to engage. And as, you know, with our kids and their kids evolve how they want to learn, like Oliver. of um, the deputy head in the school um assembly asked a question relating to the Ukraine-Russia, you know, situation. Oliver's in the like year seven, so he's at the start. He's, you know, he's one of the little ones, puts his hand up, thinking, oh, I know the answer, but I'm not sure I should. Mm. Deputy head says, Go on then, gives the answer and absolutely right. he went, Yeah, brilliant, well done. Afterwards, pulled him to one side, where did you get that from? TikTok, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah and it was all to do with like you know the the russian um uh, sorry the ukrainian um prime minister and it was like three things and i I said to him i haven't even you know i heard of the prime minister obviously he's on tv all the time but i'm like how, how did you know that and he was like well I oh, was just watching things about on TikTok, Dad. And, you know, it's really quite educational. You should do it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, maybe I should if you're learning those sorts of things. But
1: yeah. it's current affairs and leisure, isn't it? And, and and exactly that. And then it's about how you consume the information. So if you look at the way that the platforms are delivering the content, the likes of TikTok, they're very short videos, but mm. you'll see content creators taking something like this, and, and again, Max does this. Sniff you it. spin it off yeah. into different ways. So, I mean, YouTube's become using that platform more and more. And again, from a, um, a disruption point of view, it's been around a long time, but then now with the different services they offer and business owners clicking on to the fact that if I create a video, a how-to guide or something like that, if I've got a product to sell or a service to sell and I've created a how-to guide on whatever it is, it gets ranked on websites and things like that. So you Google something, it comes up, you've got a blog post about it, or you've, if you. if I'm trying to solve a problem, I've just asked google which most people do youtube videos are getting logged really really sort of high i mean just literally yesterday um my wife wants some um screening like trees um and things for the, the side of our, our garden i know nothing about gardening nothing about trees and i was like what's the best I just google asked it a question within about two hours I would found the answer and I figured out which tree that I wanted and I've ordered something but I ordered it through a website because this guy did a little how-to guide and it was like there was one that was about DIY and then one was a recommendation on which is the best for screening and other bits and things like that and I wouldn't have even known it. I just googled it and it popped
0: up yeah, you can you can basically teach yourself pretty much anything I think nowadays I think so, yeah. just from YouTube and free content yeah. available on the internet so if we take that a step further then is that going to change education and the industry of L&D and that sort of thing. So are people going to do MBAs in the future? Are they going to spend two years doing that or are they going to just consume micro bits of content as and when they need to? What, ben, what do you reckon? I,
2: I think there'll be like personal vendettas, so well, if that's the right word, but you know, people that have a pure passion for something will go down a YouTube track to be able to learn a craft yeah. and then take it into their main life. I don't think the curriculum will ever adapt quickly well ever is a bold statement but won't adapt quickly to the way the world is moving i think that's a decade plus kind of life cycle away
0: yeah for sure I, I tend to agree i did a marketing not degree but so qualification kind of 10 years ago and i think the world of marketing in 10 years has completely shifted they didn't they didn't talk about doing podcasts <laughs> and getting content on linkedin and youtube back then you know just wasn't even discussed and i suspect that course is still available, still alive, and still teaching the same
2: content. It's the same stuff, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think that,
3: just
0: on that, I, th-
2: we,
3: I think we touched on it last time, <clears throat> but, you, you know, from what, you know, I completely agree with Ben. I, I, I think the time we were talking, you know, about how our children are all a similar sort of age range, you know, if you will, and the skills that they're going to leave school with and the qualifications and actually the jobs at the, in 10 years time that are going to be out there the, the disparity is going to be huge and I, I think unless like you said ben unless the sort of um curriculum for for kids going to school changes and changes rapidly it's going to get wider and wider and then you know employment opportunities not not so much opportunities cuz they'll be there but actually being able to take someone in and go right just sit down and crack on because you've got that skill is we we could we could be coming to a bit of a you know a watershed in in how that that happens cuz technology's
0: moving mm. so rapidly where do, where do you think the gaps are then in terms of the curriculum or what are they what are they not learning that they need to be
2: well well, I, you're better off starting. Off with a nil. <laughs> um, I've got a good answer to that. Right?
0: Go for it. Go on. Help
2: so, me. when you look at technology at school, you generally do IT, right? Mm-hmm. It's the class, and you're doing whatever, you know, learning how to use programs or whatever it might be. But now, technology is relevant to each and every subject that you might do. From a mathematics perspective, uh, you know, all the way through to uh,
0: design, yeah, right? Yeah.
2: Using CAD machines and so on and so forth. Science, you know. Uh, physics equations running data analytics all this kind of stuff i think the gap is introducing technology to each subject in its own right so then people can then master that craft and go down that
0: avenue if they desire that's a great answer to that question oh, that's <laughs> way better than the one i was going to come up with. i think that's true with businesses as well actually i mean because you say historically we work in a digital business work in digital consultancy I mean, in the future, every business, whatever they do, is going to be a digital business. Absolutely. Every window cleaning. They're going to have a booking system which people are going to have to book onto. There's going to be digital elements to pretty much every business that exists. 100%. You mentioned MBAs, and, and, and again,
1: normally, it's like do a degree or business degree, and then, yeah, you bolt on the MBA to make it specific, and it used to carry a lot more credence. And, like, again, if you were going for an interview and, and, it, and it had, it used to carry more weight. And, and you're right, the is companies out there, I've looked at them myself in terms of their content creators, they've gone to super successful businesses, and and they've interviewed the CEOs or the founders of these businesses, packaged it, try to get life lessons and little, little ideas, and then selling it as a little six week course or 12 week course for for people just to, again, look at things from different perspectives. But you've mentioned it to me about um, education, and now kids are expected to yeah, buy an iPad or a laptop or something like that to actually then do the classes. And, and you see it more and more at university that it's literally every class, they're all yeah. open there. And yeah. I'll be intrigued to see whether, because I use um, a couple of different apps for, yeah, just note taking and things like that, that, can actually transcribe what people are saying and write things up and, and write my notes up and things like that. So I'll be intrigued how many kids are got that playing in the background and transcribing what's happening. Now, you, you could say that it, it works two ways. One is, a written where when you're writing something down, you generally commit it to memory a bit better. Or if they know that it's the device is transcribing, could they be a bit more present? Or on the flip side, if they doing something else on their iPhone,
0: yeah. not present at all. Yeah. So it's kind of good show. <laughs> I, I,
3: I think the other thing, actually, which what you just said there, what I've noticed, and you know, we've all said it around, you know, our children and gaming and, and stuff like that, is that actually. The way, you know, so everything's now digital for, you know, hands, all, all of our hands, all his homework digitally, right. has to turn it in, you know, a lot right. of it's typing, but then there's our handwritten stuff because obviously we need to, to learn the skills of handwriting. Still trying to master it, but anyway, move on. <laughs> but but my point is more, we're, te- we're teaching them and they're now interacting and they're, you know, how quick are they at learning those sorts of things? You know, I'm now going to him going, how'd you do that? And he's like, oh, just like this, Dad. And I'm like, okay, um, but the actual curriculum is still really dated. Yes, there's some fundamentals they need to learn, but they're, they're you know, now, this generation, are ripe for actually taking them, like you said, mm-hmm. Ben, to, to showing them aware technology. And, you know, so one of the things that you would have thought, and I don't know in secondary um, sort of curriculum, but all to do with data, probably that's the time to be introducing it rather than when they go to university Get them doing it
0: in, you know, is he, about learning to write code, to write software. Is
3: that part not not as part of the curriculum, but yeah. out of, outside. Out, outside it
2: is, yeah. yeah. So, in um, my, my friend works for an education company, or I did do previously, and it's kind of like an online platform which they have access for kids where they can go into subjects and, and do elements of coding, simplistic coding, you know, designed in a kid-friendly way mm. in order to be able to get them on that journey. So it is there, but I think it's quite a niche, you mm. know, They're trying to really exploit that and make it the norm. Yeah, mainstream. I think is, you know, the, the the gap that needs to be addressed. For yeah. sure.
0: that surprised me. I thought, I thought they would be teaching, writing code at a young age nowadays.
2: Well, I've yeah. even looked into, you know, trying to follow some type of program for my lad mm based around Minecraft, to try and help him learn code within Minecraft to yeah. teach him the fundamentals so he can design the million-dollar app that we all
1: want, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, like, yeah. look at Barclays. They've got that whole digital eagles thing, and it's all about trying to help people. And But then why is a bank trying to help with the digital skill sets? And, and then does it from two angles. You've got certain bits where they're trying to encourage kids to learn to code, but then also the older generation that how did they get online mm. ultimately they're bothered about spending money aren't they? They, they mm. want the older generation to go online because they've got all the money. <laughs> they've got the pensions and all the rest that they're sat there spending. They'd love them to get them on Amazon or wherever and just use the bank account to obviously spend money. And then the like you mentioned there, what if they set up a business and they they need a business bank account with mm. the kids younger kids and all that type of stuff. But there's a there's a traditional bricks and mortar sort of Bank that I think, geez, we need to get in early, position ourselves.
0: Um, Granddaddy skill reason, sets. The reason is probably the the first bank you open a bank account with is the bank that you tend to stick with for the yeah. rest of your life. So you get them as early as you can. I can't. Yeah,
2: complain yeah. that that's true. Well,
0: I mean, <laughs> well you've move, you moved, yeah. But I was
1: yeah. when I'm we were talking about, about it. A, a disruptor bank. So we talk about disruption. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've moved full full on to Monzo. I've had a Monzo account for since it since it opened in, in 2015 43 years I've been with my bank wow so oh, like
2: i i have um and nationwide and i do have a monzo account yeah
3: yeah. but we use well, that it one the wife doesn't know about yeah. no, no <laughs> in, in
2: fact we're both on it oh okay um, to be out that's to, a joint account then well yeah oh, actually no that's another rabbit hole like down there. <laughs> but we we use it to try and get a grasp of our expenses you okay. know, around shopping and stuff like that so it's almost like a a utility card that's yeah, the right yeah. way of looking at it so describe
0: monzo to me then because i've, won't, I've, I've I know of it, but I've never used it. I'm not a customer. So
2: they they definitely disrupted the bank industry, 100%. right? Um, I think the biggest thing from them is the idea of categorizing spend and okay. using the data that every bank has got. Yeah. But ultimately, they they've never leveraged. So you, it will send you smart notifications and say, "Hey, you've spent 400 pounds on shopping this month." Mm. You know, um, or you can go in and drill down and look at the data and say, "God, we've spent 800 pounds on shopping this month. What's going on?" Mm. You know. Okay. Whereas if you don't have that, it just happens, and then yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you live that lifestyle, and all of a sudden you're shopping at Waitrose, buying yeah, cutlet steaks every it week. <laughs> well,
1: now, and, and, and again, it's it's business principles. We, we rely on our finance teams and FDs to keep track of all that spend and whatnot. But in our lifestyle, yeah, we earn it, spend it, we spend it. Mm. Where's it gone? And, but. So it has a great budgeting tool, but when it first started, it came out and it was a prepaid card. You had to load money on, mm-hmm. um, and I used it. Uh, it got me hooked because I went on a holiday and it and it you'd, you could have um, it was no transaction fee. Oh, okay, yeah. But for, for so I used it, so I uploaded all my holiday money on it, and then just shoot because it was back by Mastercard, I think, or oh, one of the two. And then yeah, literally just um, use it as, as a as a spend management tool. But then as it's grown arms and legs, and it, it had that. The, the most impressive thing for me about the the experience of that bank was its onboarding process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievably simple. easy and simple, and its technology just worked. Mm-hmm. And people expect that nowadays. You had an app, and you, you filled in some basic information. You, you authenticated, and it literally sent you an email. As soon as you clicked the email to authenticate, that was it. You were in. I was like, well, oh hell, that was easy!" Yeah, as opposed to HSBC was ridiculously painful
0: for a credit card that I got. Oh, my word, I'll never use them again. It was horrendous. I think that's a good example where legacy businesses have struggled to catch up in banking. And that's that's, because of the the amount of paperwork that people have to fill in and the the security checks have to go through. And yeah, I mean, sounds like Monzo of. There's there's others. uh,
3: uh, Sorry, just on that. So. Did you open Monzo independently or did you close your other
1: one down and did they close it for you and transfer everything across? I I had my Monzo probably running in the background, didn't really use it up until probably 18 months ago, two years ago. Um, And they then kept us updated and said, right, we've got this accreditation and all the rest of it, FCA approved. And um, it became a, a personal account and you could have it. And then they encourage you with technology to pay in your salary. One of the benefits was you got paid a day earlier. So with banks, you're paying the money, sat there <coughs> processing, buffering. Yeah. It's in the ether. Where is it? No idea. <laughs> they they had the technology to allow you to use that money a day, day sooner. Well, wow, all right. So, and I give it a try and it worked. So I, I made the decision, Yeah, like I say, 18 months ago, 24 months ago, to get my salary paid into it. And then like Ben sort of said there they allow you to put it into different pots and budget it. So I've got a holiday pot, I've got a birthday pot and you can siphon off money and then you can put into like bills so very quickly. Mm -hmm. But then it proactively looks at all your direct debits and tells you, right, based on all these direct debits, you need to budget this amount, all right? So then move it across and then it ultimately leaves me with a leisure disposable income pot, which disappears very quickly. (laughs) But but yeah, the... uh, but that's just utilizing basic technology. Where I found the others, yes, and, and you'll you'll see with banking, they try and buy your loyalty to a certain degree. That they, they don't reward it very well, but they'll they'll say, oh, come to us and we'll give you 125 quid if you set up a new bank account and if you're paying three direct debits and blah blah X amount. And obviously, credit cards do the same. But um, again, they they're wanting throughput, they're wanting volume, they're making small margins and obviously and you get into the fractional lending side of things and other bits and pieces but the it's about user experience with technology. You need to make it as easy and simple to do business with you as possible because we've got so much choice. Mm. We can buy from anywhere on a mobile phone. We don't have to get in our car and drive anywhere anymore and our attention is like that. If, yeah. someone, if someone messes up and I've done it before. I've, I've gone to add something to a car and I've gone to buy something. If they make that difficult, I'm off. I've just, yeah. just oh. deleted it. I've done that a few times. So just breaking into the conversation
3: again. Um, really, uh, it's a request, really, just to see if you can help us grow the uh, the podcast. Obviously, you can watch us on um, YouTube, but if you can also follow us on Spotify or iTunes and more you know, topically, uh, Amazon. Um, we'd really appreciate your your likes and your your follows. Um, we're trying to grow the pod, trying to deliver as much informative content as we can, and with that, you know, um, we can deliver more value to you. Just on on the Monzo piece, then, as they're a disruptor, mm. have you because you're you're up with all sorts of stats? <clears throat> have you looked into what you know what sort of share of the the banking industry that they've sort of
1: one over the last X period of time. It's small, but it's growing. That's the difference. And and the key bit that they push out and, the, and they back it up is customer care. On all of the ratings, there's Metro Bank and there's Revolut and I think there's Sterling and a few others. Yeah. But it's interesting, it's the, the disruptors that have put all their time and attention into the customer care. So if I have an issue, I go on the app, I go on the chat, open it, I'm through to an advisor very, very quickly. I can ask a question. People get stressed out about money. Do you <laughs> know what I mean, if if there's so, uh, like an amount's moved or not there where it's supposed to be, you're thinking, "Geez, what's that?" Mm. And and you want to be on it, and you want that reassurance very quickly. They're winning all those chats. That's why there's yeah. a big shift, to, and they're growing. And ultimately, wow. they're they're doing it the right way. I guess you, you might become a salesman for them.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: liking the sound. Like
3: 43 years with one bank.
0: But those businesses have had the benefit of having no legacy systems or processes that yeah. and, and they can just start a blank sheet of paper let's map out what the ideal customer journey looks like and let's build that and that's mm. a lot easier to do than and I think, taking a legacy business and trying to mold it into something I bet different. they've had to iterate that though. I bet yeah. they've had an idea yeah And like i said they started as a prepaid
1: chart catch so they had one but they what they did do very quickly with and again this is great for any new product or service or business they engage with their customers the early adopters and ask them feedback, feedback. Yeah. You get the feedback, what features do you want? What what would help you in your life? Budget and right? We'll make a big we'll make a widget that can do that. What else do you want? And then now, I mean, I've gone from their free account to their basics account. Now I'm on their platinum account. I've worked my way up just, just for the added benefits. Yeah, your salesman's dream, do you know why? Yeah. So again How much does that cost you then? Fifteen quid a month.
2: It's not bad. Do you get
1: insurance. What do you get for that? I get free travel, worldwide family travel insurance. I'm going on for holiday. Like Fifteen quid a month, exactly. But where yeah. do I sign? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get I get mobile phone insurance and gadget protection, and I get you need that other bits and pieces. But again, when I added it all up individually, I'm thinking, well, hang on, it'll cost me more if I mm. went and yeah, I'm, yeah going on all this. So I'm thinking, well, to take the full family way, the cost of the insurance was probably more than what a year's worth was going to be anyway. So I was a bit like. Sorry, I'll just do this, and and it, it was easy. Now again, if you remember the mis-selling stuff that the old banks got,
0: PPI.
1: Yeah, they got yeah, in yeah. trouble with a lot of that because they were trying to sell stuff that people didn't need. They didn't have a car and they didn't have mobile back then. They were charging you for premium accounts that people mm-hmm. didn't yeah. need. But we forget that these companies are still in they're there to make money out of it. It's <laughs> yeah. interesting how the disruption.
3: We look at the things. A lot of the disruption is in sort of. Legacy sort of area, so money, finance all right it's quite basic entertainment, yes
1: mm-hmm.
3: food uh, or buying you know purchasing things with amazon and and the like you know they, they've obviously the you know the, the people at the top end that are that have been successful in being disruptors have, have proper targeted the area that they wanted to go do you know what all the the sort of historical big Companies in, in this sector are going to, like you said, Steve, are going to take forever and a day, going to mm. be like a super tanker trying to turn it around to being able to offer. Whereas though if we've got a blank piece of paper, probably the wrong analogy in technology, but if we've got a, a, a you know. Blank white board Yeah, exactly. Smart screen. A smart, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got a blank
0: smart screen, I mean, yeah, we can what, how are we going to well, do it? What's best? So and, what's yours then? So what's your kind of disruptor of choice that you admire putting on the spot?
3: Mm -hmm. I'd probably go as far to say Amazon, if I'm allowed to use Amazon. You you are allowed to
0: explain that then.
3: Why? Simply because I couldn't tell you the last time I went into a shopping centre. I couldn't tell you, well, to be fair, I couldn't tell you the last time I went into a shop, but but more 15, 20 years ago, probably Mm. 15 years ago, I would have had to have gone into pc world or curry's or wherever to get something now my first instinct is amazon mm-hmm. uh right i want to look at tech so i'll look at tech because we live in the age of we want it immediate right i want prime because i want it tomorrow because even at my age i'm still an excited little schoolboy that there's a package coming tomorrow and i can open it and it's going to be you know whiz bang mm-hmm. um then it comes to you know just incidentals things that you know i don't know DIY as in, you know, lumps of wood. But, you know, I don't, I don't
0: know
3: anything. Exactly. And, and just having that, do you know what? Partly because of just how I'm wired, it's like, while I remember, I'll just go onto Amazon and I'll sort it. And then I know, you know, I'll get a phone call from, you know, my mum's like, you know, pensioner. It'll be like, son, I need you to do this. All right, no worries. Go straight on Amazon, order, get it sent to her. Pop around the next day, jobs are good and it's there. And, I agree. Yeah. And Amazon have made... All our lives so much easier. In one sense, my father-in-law owns, you know, clothing shops. It's affected in, you know, it's affected. You know, they're quite a traditional sort of menswear shop. So it's affected trade, mm. undoubtedly. The, the advantage they have is probably, I'll say, an advantage. Predominantly, the demographic is of the older generation. Mm. So
0: it's probably falling out of the,
3: it's falling out of the funnel. It's not really <laughs> topping
0: up, but. Um, Got that that's my next question actually. So if you're a retailer, not necessarily of, of men's suits, but if you're a retailer, and you've got a formidable competitor in Amazon, what are you doing? I've got I mean, again, I've
1: through experience, so a lot of the work that I'm doing at the moment is with like stockers and distributors and wholesaler of products. And an interesting part of their supply chain is eBay and Amazon. So, yeah. so normally they'd set up an account with manufacturer or whoever, supplier, they've got a catalog and they'll they, they resell these. And whether they resell by trade counters or e-commerce or whatever, more and more now are becoming external procurement arms yeah. of these bigger businesses where someone, it's easier to ring ABC company and say, can you buy me all these things that I normally buy from you? But I also need these ad hoc purchases as well. It's easier for them to do it through them as opposed to um, going to search the supplier, getting them on the approved uh, supplier list, going through all the red tape and stuff. They can just buy it from one vendor that's already there, the account set up in finance, they, they know they've got budget. And the interesting thing, they're all using like credit cards and debit cards and other bits and pieces. Um, a decent volume, like 50, 60, 70 grand, 100 grand a month through, through Amazon. So you're purely saying Amazon
0: is a supplier to it's your
1: supplier, yeah. And it's because of the speed. They can get it delivered next day and then they can deliver it to their end customer. Uh, or I just get it delivered right. direct and things like that. And it's like wow. I
2: was gonna say the um I think it's called Amazon FBA.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so
2: that. um I think the, the the headline is you have to ride the wave with them, right? You you aren't gonna beat these, you know, multi billion pound companies, you've got to work with them and maximise your revenue streams working with them. And that's why they designed this this FBA thing. Forgive me if it's the wrong wrong thing. But awesome, yeah. so you know, you ship all of your stock to their warehouse, they do all the leg and lump work for you. Yeah, they take a pretty heavy slice of margin. But guess what? You, you know, your ultimate revenue is gonna mm. you know, really drive up. I but think that's the what, only way yes that as a work.
0: as a manufacturer, but if you're a distributor, if a retailer, if your model is to buy and shift boxes it's where's your part in the supply chain if amazon are doing most of that
3: well the thing is so i've got a customer and they're what they they get something like two to three thousand orders a day via amazon or ebay and basically amazon or ebay are are there you know shop front if you like mm-hmm. and then the order comes to them and then they still distribute they, it. It. they they fulfill it it's not all going out of amazon but it's they're just giving them that wider platform and when the pandemic hit they you know they were normally a or they are traditionally a business where people rock up in their white vans or in their cars to buy something pandemic hits what we're going to do because mm-hmm. the business is going to fall and they very quickly went Let's just go onto these platforms. And they basically, they. I think they said in the first quarter, first half, they were getting something like, I don't know, 150 orders a day. And now we're looking at two to 3,000 a day and it's growing and they're still getting people coming back through because we're all released to go. So they've utilised, so rather than seeing it as competition, they've gone, as you rightly say, Ben, it's like, actually, we're never going to beat them. How can we utilize them to enhance our business? Are they a manufacturer yeah.
1: or a distributor? Distributor. And Amazon, ironically, that's that's their business model now. So that if you actually look at how they generate their money, they've got, they've got the AWS systems. They've got all their back office systems that you can leverage. So you can use their platform because they've got some amazing systems. They've got obviously all the money. They've got the best de- developers, all that type of stuff. So you can use their platform or... Their growth on their fulfilled by Amazon. And they actually want uh, manufacturers and distributors, wholesalers to use their platform for business, for mm. B2C, B2B. Um, and then, like you say, they take a small margin. Some people use their own warehouses, some people use Amazon warehouses. That's how they're growing. And okay, Amazon might make their own products and, and sell stuff, but they're they're actually leveraging the infrastructure that they've set up and then letting other people use that. But the interesting thing I was gonna ask you was about that Prime thing. So how long did you have a free Amazon account before you upgraded to Prime? That's because the am a little bit tight, that,
3: Neil. But, and <laughs> I sort of resented paying whatever it was to get it the next day uh, yeah. per per uh, interesting actually, I might be contradicting myself here. Uh Per delivery, it was like my wife would say, "Right, we need that tomorrow because Oliver's got a birthday party yes. type scenario and lastminute.com type, scenario, you know thing." Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, what was it three ninety five to get it the next day, and, yeah. and then you add it up, and it was when they suddenly went, "Do you know what? If you sign up for Amazon Prime, you get all the entertainment." Exactly that. And oh, I was right. like, go in Nick. what for 70, 80 quid a, 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 year. a year? Yeah, I can get all my parcels whenever I want them, and um, I get all these
1: TV things." Let me think about that shortly. Bosh, yeah. signed, signed and up. And the stats on that, once you've gone from a, and, and, and it's such a mental switch, if you're on a free account, you're not bothered. Hmm. But because you've made a commitment to pay that 80 quid, I'll just check Amazon first. Yeah, yeah. It's a mental switch because you're thinking, I want value for money now. and And, and all the other bits are just, Again, they're using their service to store your photos. They're, they're delivering yeah. you some movies and content on that, that. Again, used to be a bit rubbish. Now it's decent. And you mentioned sport and other things. So now they've, they've created this ecosystem, very similar to how Apple have, where you can have loads of things in, in there. And, and it, but those mental triggers, every business can learn from that. Like, how can you introduce a freemium product or service or, or something of value and then take people on that journey? And, and upgrade them and upgrade them and add more value and charge more money. And, and it's so
3: clever, going back to where we started a, a little bit from the, the data side of things with Netflix. It's like, you know, other people when looking at this, you know, or view this, or this, 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 and this. And you're like, oh yeah, I need a screen protector from a new iPad and, and I need, you know, the, the, the Apple Pencil. And it's like, so suddenly you're you adding 50, 60 quid Without even intending to, because so. they've given yeah, and just using that data to go, we've got all these different people buying these things, and you know, actually, when they bought that, they also thought, well, I need this. Why don't you think about it? And you look, and then you're in that mode, you you know, trigger happy, and it's like, yeah, add to basket, add to basket, yeah.
1: fast, you know, whatever it is, you know, straight to you know, pay yeah, straight away, it's, and it's buying out one button. Uh, you can you can literally just do it. And I don't have to so hang on, you're telling me you're gonna take away all those steps, yeah, setting up an account, yeah. faffing about I drive a, it's easy to go to Amazon and buy it. And the irony is they know for a fact you can charge a little bit more. There will it will be cheaper out there, but it's that people will pay for the convenience. It's convenience. like that percent Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's always been the same. But the, the, the other thing is the reviewing, sorry. Yeah, of course. The, that that's social just like,
3: yeah. just you know, because you can't go in and touch it, feel it and ask someone's advice. Having the ability to look, you know, so the first thing my wife does, she just goes, I I just want four and a half or five stars reviews because, Mm. and then I don't want, you know, then once you do that, she immediately mentally filters to, it's got to have like a thousand or more four and a half, five stars to go, all right. So it's not just a few people that think it's good. It's a lot of people. So we haven't had social proof. Yeah, yeah,
2: interesting though. do you only go off those stats or do you actually go down into the review? Because I go into a I, review. I read the reviews, yeah. Yeah, because I, I look at like the three stars and I you try and see, look for yeah. authenticity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what are they really saying? Is this just a mona, right? Mm-hmm. Or is there actually a genuine kind of like issue with this product or service or whatever? But it's yeah, interesting yeah. It? how you can get sold by data Yeah. or you're compelled by stories.
1: I but mean, the, but those reviews have just become commonplace. It doesn't matter whether you're booking a holiday, whether you're trying to find a builder, whether yeah. you want to. Like say, buy something off Amazon or or yeah. I mean, go into a restaurant or something like. You have got a TripAdvisor or yeah, things yeah. like that. It's
0: Part of buying
3: process now, isn't it? You just you just check, it, check and, it. And the bad thing is, so as much as I've just said, I rely
1: on reviews. I rarely review. Yes, yeah, that's true. So then, and, and then it becomes about consumer versus creator. So are we giving back by creating and having giving people? And and a lot of people goes back to what other people. I think do they really care what I think well yeah people do like it's there's on mass as let, a collective
2: let's come back to that though because
1: let's not no no, <laughs> no
2: but how active are they in asking for the review because yeah, if yeah. I'm like That's Carbis Hotel easy. Yeah. I went to Carbis Hotel they sent me a nice email and said can you send fill out the simple four it was light hearted it was about personal so I did it if you're not contacting me mm-hmm. and chasing me about to do a task for you, I'm probably not going to do it's it.
1: It's got to be That's two or three clicks. I don't
2: want to make it simple. And everything that we've talked about today is simplicity, how we want to engage with simple organizations. And, and, and we as a you know, global outfit, see that in our partners, right? Yeah. They all want a simple life or a simple way of yeah. working together, almost prebuilt content campaigns, whatever it is. So, it can make your life simpler. It can generate more activity. It can create more engagement, and that's where I think we're going. How simple it will get, I don't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, the next big yeah. one for me is the healthcare sector. That's just absolutely wide open for disruption. I know a couple of people that are trying to make moves in that market, and again, it's it's so disjointed. It, it takes so long. I mean, my daughter's been ill this week, and just getting through to someone's, being I mean, okay, yes, you've got one 111 and things like that, you can speak to your local GPs and get appointments, but it just takes forever, and 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 then it's about how do you get information between different providers and make sure that, because you have to repeat yourself three, four, five yeah. different times, if you're ill and you've got multiple things wrong with you. Because ultimately, if you think about the way that we've created medical, they become specialists, you've got ear specialists, nose, eyes, I mean, everybody's a specialist in a specific part, yeah. And yes, we have a GP that, that is a generalist in, in all this type of stuff. But as a customer, I want my whole body. I don't know my, if my ankle's so sort of wrong with my ankle, but then you don't fix this part of me and it's all linked together. And again, people can get lost in that that sort of world. And and so that that whole collaboration piece about putting it all on one platform. And I've got a friend of mine that's going at it from a corporate perspective and using apps and things like that where you can have you can get GP appointments, you can speak to your physio, you can speak to a mental health professional, all these different bits where it's all collaborative and it's affordable and you can deliver it. Now technology, and the, and the biggest thing for me, the whole shift with the pandemic is getting people used to using technology to communicate. Yeah. It, it it had to, it forced it. Grandparents, if they couldn't see the grandkids, you, you've got them on the on, on video calls yeah, and things Skype like that and, Zoom and, and then all of a sudden the people that say oh I don't like that or I can't do that you didn't have a can't do that you made it happen and then once you made it happen you realise how easy it is alright
0: oh, well that was alright right? Right. it'd be interesting to see a bit we bit of a did a lot of doctor's appointments over the phone over Teams or whatever during the pandemic it'd be interesting to see what happens I suspect and probably know actually people are reverting back to
2: we well, you say like that, only light. last night I was looking at uh, getting a hay fever jab because mm. I get slammed every year and I've never done anything about it. Um, I saw somebody post on social media, uh, a place where I could get it done, and I went on and they were charging £49 for a video consultation.
0: Oh, really?
2: Right. Wow. So they've obviously seen it as a, as yeah, a way yeah. of, it's a private <laughs> surgery mine, but yeah. they've seen yeah. it a way of capitalizing on mm. virtual appointments. Yeah. I thought, oh. Didn't actually book it because I thought you'd try to swim with I just want to pay for the job. Yeah. I don't need a consultation. But I think
3: going back to what you were saying, Neil, for me the, the disruption in the in the health sector is is I wouldn't you know the, the robots are coming and all, all that sort of thing. I wouldn't I'd be happy now and potentially in three, four, five years' time, I could see it happening where we go through the chat bots and the, you know, using the AI bots to to kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, sort of filter out all the, you know, because you know, when you go to a doctor, they will ask all the great open questions, or you know, how do you feel about this, you know, whatever. Narrow it down and go right. Your issues in this sort of specialism, let's just say, and you get to see a doctor tomorrow because they don't, they can do it much quicker. Yeah. Because one of the things that I'm quite fortunate in in my village, our doctor I can see in the next day, just go and queue. But the number of people I talk to, you know, from the south where I come from and um, up here where it's like, oh, yeah, I can't see a doctor for 10
1: days. Mm. And it's like, and I feel feel like I'm dying. They just don't bother. They think, oh, I'll just muddle through. And then then ultimately what happens is until something's seriously wrong and then, yeah, it just we're still in a, in a very much a world with healthcare that's that's reactive and responsive and we're we're dealing with all the sick people they want us to be as healthy as possible yeah, it's a preventative bit, actually. A bit or catching things sooner so they obviously tell you to go for these diagnosis and checks and bits and pieces but the, the tech that i see now with the whole machine learning ai and all yeah. that type of stuff is phenomenal what they can do in terms of you go have a test and it can analyze all this data and and Diagnose stuff faster than these, these specialists yeah. that have got 20 years yeah. experience with stuff based on data and it's looking for little genomes and little dif- defects in, in your, your DNA. And so that's all <laughs> yeah. epigenetically. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a question. freaking I yeah, I just like my health stuff, but go on.
2: I'm, I'm intrigued to know what what do you think the most important part of healthcare is? And I know that's a broad subject, but you know, is it the experience, the access, the patient care, the, the medicines, you know, the, the technology that drives it all? Which part do you think is is lacking or is most critical?
1: The bit for me that's lacking is that, that gap between the preventive bit. I think the NHS in this country are amazing at the reactive stuff, A&E, ambulances. If your legs are hanging off or if you've had a heart attack or all that type of stuff, we're very, very good at getting stuff Done and getting people back on their recovery path. The bit before that, if, you, if you're all right, if you've just if you've got something mildly own. wrong with you that you're not dying, yeah, just see you later. Crack on. And and I think, <laughs> but there's loads of stuff now that with technology,
3: I don't um, die
1: quietly. <laughs> yeah, with technology, you, you can do a lot of precursors. So based on your DNA, you can see what you're predisposed to. So I've done one of those DNA tests and I know what ailments I'm predisposed to, like type 2 diabetes and celiac disease. So I've read other pre for heart disease, all the others. That, so for me, it helps me narrow in very quickly. All right, I don't need to worry about these other things. I just need to figure out what do I need to do in my lifestyle that's going to stop me getting these two things. So, and so. I have changed. And, it, and, and then you go to things like wearable tech. And you can even get smart sensors mm-hmm. now for measuring your blood sugar levels and things like that. And they're saying now for monitoring, to so say, for example, diabetes that causes loads of other issues, if someone just had a, a monitor put on them, it's then linked to the smartwatch. The data was sent all yeah. the time, tracking real time to their G. They can have the data. They can see. can even then monitor, right, okay, self-helping um, people make better choices. Uh, hey, hey, look, on this system, you ate that, and it caused this issue yeah. with your blood sugar levels. Don't eat that. It's as simple as that. But this ignorance is black, like they can just kind of like, oh, I mean, I I literally, I remember years and years ago, I had this one lady, she had a list of ailments, as long as you like, and when I was in that fitness industry, came years ago, she came to me, and she sort of sat down, and she said, oh, um, yeah, I can't eat this, I can't eat it, I've had my stomach operated on, oh, what I do is, I just blend Mars bars, (laughs) Big pardon. <laughs> well I like them, so I just blend them. What? So I calorie into And then she said, She said, Oh there's no word of a lie. She said, Oh, when I drink Coca-Cola, go a bit dizzy. Really? You're you're insulin dependent. You can't do you can't have that. And she's like, Well, what I do is I just lay it down. What? And she's like, Well no, no, I'm gonna pass out. What? So she had 40 <laughs> cans of cola in one day. No word of a lie. She put herself nearly in a diabetic coma. And then, and this is it, and now we're talking more... 14 in a day? Yeah. This is now we're talking about individuals taking responsibility because mm. there's a whole big thing around responsibility of, of healthcare. Who's, is it the government's responsibility to look after us or is it the actual individual? And then we have the whole case of we pay the taxpayer a load of money and blah, blah, And then it's the certain people like this particular lady. She, had no, she didn't take control of her own health. She was blaming the doctor. She was blaming the nutrition. Try to blame me. I was like, hang on, what well, are you just meant? And I was right. I was supposed to write her a program that was going to help lose weight. And then a month later when she hasn't done the program, get this program and went, you've not been to the gym. I've you, you not seen you since. If there was cheaper technology availability that they could get, they could catch it sooner, give them the right advice, give them whatever, to just slightly steer them onto
0: a better path, mm. then, yeah, there, there's... I mean, one of the themes that's come out today, I think, with disruption is data and the use of data. And yeah. the companies that have done disruption really well have had data at their core, really, the likes of Netflix and Amazon I mean, and it's healthcare awesome. and terms of using data to preempt medical conditions instead of kind of react to it. You,
2: you mentioned there, so <clears throat> we've been really successful across healthcare uh, as, as a business. And I was kind of trying to lead you down a path there, Neil, but, you know, what you were trying to, I thought you were leading to was almost yeah. like patient care.
0: Yeah, interesting.
2: So the ability to get patient care right. you know, We've seen that there can be quite a lot of errors within healthcare due to the nature of the way they work in terms of processes being manual, physical documents and so on and so forth. And 95% of those errors, you know, you could get away with. Yeah, it's pain in yeah. the backside and it takes longer. You're triplicating stuff. But the 5%, that's life critical. Yeah, And that's essentially when you know, big problems can happen. So ensuring that your data is validated appropriately by the person who's been in contact with that patient or whatever it is, making sure that you've got the right medication to the individual, you know, is something that's paramount, right? Because we all care about being
0: and living. Thank you to Ben for joining us. Um, it's been great to get your input into today. Thanks, guys. And thanks to John and Neil for your input as well. Until next time. All right, too. Thanks. Thank you.